Okay, we get into the next parak, Divrei Hayamim Aleph, parak Hay, the fifth parak here. And we finished uh, Yehuda, Shevet Yehuda, which was the reason that we had uh, the entire, uh, this entire Yichus, as we know, to talk about David Melech. And now we get to the other Shvatim. We have started off with Ruvain, because Ruvain is the next in line. He's the Bechor. And once we're doing Ruvain, <laughs> then we do the other Shvatim that also took on the east side of the Jordan, Ruven Gad and Chasi Shevet Menashe. So the Psukim uh, lists off, again, uh, the, uh, the people involved in a couple of the battles that they had when they settled, uh, says the uh, Pasuk, says the um, Ksuvim, Uvenei Ruven, Pasuk Aleph, Uvenei Ruven, Bechar Yisrael. <laughs> These are the children of Ruven, the Bechar, Ki Bechar. He is the Bechar. The Gra says he's only left with Bechar in name. When he switched around the bed of his father, <coughs> then the Bechor was given to Yosef ben Yisrael. Interesting, not Yaakov, but Yisrael, because that's to do with the destiny of the Jewish people. And uh, not to be mityaches libechora. He is not the bechora. Ki gavar beachav ulanagid mivenu ba Yosef. All the aspects of bechora, as I said, a double portion that was given to Yosef, malchus and kahuna. All of those were given to different uh, recipients, as Yaakov Avinu discusses in Parshas Vayechi. What exactly did he do? Bechalo Yitzui Aviv. So we know that Rashi tells us, quoting from the Gemara in Masechah Shabbos, uh, that he didn't actually lie with his father's wife, even though the Pasuk says that. Vahi Bishkon Yisrael and Parshas Vayishlach. Vayelech Ruvain, Vayishkav, as Bilapilegash Aviv. Sounds like he lay with Vayishkav as Bilapilegashaviv, Vayishma Yisrael, and Yaakov heard about it, uh, and then it says right away, Vayyubane Yaakov Shnemasar. He's still counted as one of the Shvatim. But what is it, um, what is the Torah trying to tell us? Says Rashi, Mitosha Bilbel Mishkavo. He moved around the beds, because as we know, he felt for the busha of his mother, Ma'alel Avakasav Kilu Shechava. Right? Uh, we treat it as if he lay with his. Um, with his father's wife. Why did he get involved? Yaakov's main bed was in the tent of Rachel. So when Rachel died, what did he do? He moved it to the Shifcha of Rachel's tent. And Reuben was very upset. Fine, uh, two wives. But the maid servant of a wife is going to be my mother? Is going to be Leah? But Reuben, Vitava El Bonimo. Amar, Machos Imi, Haisatzar Leimi. Shivchas, Achos Imi, Taitzar Leimi. Lakach Bilbel, that's why he moved. He moved the bed, took it out of Billah's, and moved it to Leah's. But the problem was, you can't mess around with your father's bed. You could talk to him. But you can't do that, and that's why uh, Ruvain was was uh, was punished. Can Chazal tell us uh, that it's not meant to be taken literally? Also, Kol Omer Ruvain Chata Eno Elatoa. That's the Gemara in Shabbos that talks about a number of biblical figures. Each one of them has to be analyzed separately, but uh, they're all put together there in that uh, sugya in the fifth parak of of, of uh, Shabbos. This is Nun Heim, Abes, Nun Vav, and Aleph. That whole. So, yeah, and there are different uh, explanations and ways to understand in the Mepharshim. So, why does it actually say by Yishkav? It doesn't mean by Yishkav. Right? So, the different ways. Rev Her says it's to emphasize to us that they weren't perfect. And they're greater role models to us knowing that they sinned. 
Even though they sinned, nobody was perfect, right? Only four people were perfect. But even though they weren't perfect still, we could learn a lot from their, from their lives. Rav Dessler and uh, Rav Yerucham have other ways, and they say that, no, the point is that the Torah uses words um, in certain contexts, and it doesn't always mean the same thing for every person. If somebody says that so-and-so, if somebody's on such a high level, then even a slight pagam might be formulated in a more extreme way. Vayishkav, it says Vayishkav because Reuben was on a high level, so for him it was Ki'ilu this was Vayishkav. But it wasn't Vayishkav. That's what the Erev Dessler has a big essay in the first volume of Echter Elio, Chata'eyem Shel Gdole Olam. The uh, sins. So we have to know, again, there's uh, two, two general, like refers is kind of like you have to put it more Lamaisa, <coughs> not to actually think that they're like us, Chas V'Shalom. But to recognize that we can learn from them even though they sinned. And, and uh, Rav Dessler tries very hard in the opposite direction. Don't compare them to us. And therefore, Even if you want to say a microscopic view, the Torah is much deeper and clearer and, and more than that, Hine HaTorah, as an example, Lomashal, HaTorah Mida Lanoja Moshe Rabbeinu, Lohem Antimbi. The Torah says that Moshe Rabbeinu sinned, he didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in God? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't believe in God? He hit the rock, he got angry, whatever the sin was, but the formulation is that he didn't believe in Hashem. So, for Moshe Rabbeinu, a slight daka stick of sin is already called that. So for Ruvain too, the Abarbanel lists ten Pirushim to the Chet, and he asks on all of them. And his answer is, And therefore, says Rav Dessler, this has to do with the Maisa Ha'ekel, and has to do with Ruvain, has to do with all of the sins um, uh, relating in, uh, related to in uh, Tanakh. Uh, but that's Bilbel and Chalalo Yitzue Aviv. So it was taken away from Ruvain and given to um, his brothers. Given to his brothers, again, split up. Yosef gets the double portion, Yehuda gets Malchus, and Aaron Cohen gets Kuhuna. So we continue. B'nei Ruvain, Bechor Yisrael. See, he's still there. He's still the Bechor in name, even if not in practice, if in any Lamaisa elements. Chanochu falu, chasron v'charmi. B'nei Yoel, Shmaya, or the sons of Karmi, Shmaya b'no Gog b'no, Shimi b'no, Micha b'no, Raya, Baal. All the names. We'll see later on that they um, did not follow on the east side of the Jordan. They did not follow the uh, the Torah fully, and therefore the king of Ashur exiled them. We will see when we get up to there. Ula Mizrach, Pasuk Tess. Yashav al-Levomid bara. It's sad that Reuven lived to the east side of the Jordan. Ki mekneim rabu be'eres gilad, as we read in Parshas Matos, because they had a lot of cattle, and that was very fertile land, and therefore they stayed on the east side be'eres gilad. O b'meishal asumigolchama im ha'hagriim, they had battles, this this uh, big uh, uh, battle with the uh, descendants of Hagar, v'yiplu b'yadam, they defeated them, v'yishu alem al-kol p'nei mizrach la'gilad. So they were there. So that's Reuven, um, his section. Then we're going to get to uh, Dun. But again, this, uh, there's a message that has to do with the whole uh, east side of the Jordan, which I'd like to uh, say over from Rav Schwab uh, in Parshas Matos. Here it talks about their stuff. Ki miknehem ravu. They have a lot of stuff. The psukim right at the end of Matos says that Yoir ben Menashe uh, uh, was able to conquer Chavosehem, to conquer cities, and he named the cities Chavos Yoir. The Novach Halach, Novach went and also conquered cities, and he named the cities Novach. And the Rashi quotes there that those cities didn't last. 
no vachsudis didn't last, and that's why there's no uh, dot, there's no mapik in the uh, in the heyir to to be merames that it didn't uh, it didn't last. So Rav Schwab picks up on this tiny little detail and says, is there a message that we can learn from the fact that Novach's property didn't last and Yaris did last? See, so he says Venera. When it comes to stuff like this pasuk says, Ki Miknehem Ravu, they had a lot of stuff. Are do we have stuff? Or do we identify ourselves with our stuff? We could have assets. We could have things. But we always have to make sure that that's not our identity. They're not him. These cities were his conquering, and they, they uh, now are his. But they're his suburbs, the Chavos of Yair. They're not Yair. He called the city Novach. He identifies with his property to be one. That's not what we, that's not our Shkafa. There's no Kiyam to that uh, property because he identifies with it. It's not going to last. What's a genai for Novach? Because our stuff can't be us. When it comes to Torah and mitzvahs, that is us. David Melech says, Ani tefillah. We are not, we don't just um, keep the laws of Shabbos. That, that's part of our marchus to be a shomer Shabbos. You can't become a shofar or a lulav, but you could become one with the Torah that you're learning. You could become one with the tefillah that you're davening, like Davenel says in Tehillim Kuftes. Right, he is. He gives himself over for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But that's the relationship that we have to have. That's what Yair teaches us, and not Novach. And that's what we learned from this Pasuk. In Pasuk Tess, Ki Mikneim Ravu, they had a lot of stuff, and some people had the proper relationship with their stuff, and some people did not. So that is all Ruvay. Then we move over to Pasuk and Olive God. Ubenei God Lenegdam. God was next to them. Yashu Be'eretz HaBashan HaTzalcha. Yoel HaRosh V'Shafam HaMishneh. Secondly, Ba'achayim, the other brothers. Michael, Meshulam, a list of other brothers. Eil Ebenei Avichayel, other family members in the Shevet of God. Kulam says uh, towards the end, Kulam is Yachazu, Pasuk Yudzain. They had their star Yichus. They had the, all the order of the families being Yotam, Melch Yehuda, Ubimei Yeravam, Melch Yisrael. During the days of Yotam, king of Yehuda, and Yeravam, king of Israel. The Radak points out that those two were not parallel to each other in the two lines. So either it means separately during both of their times, or maybe it's uh, referring to something else that we're not sure. Fine. B'nei Ruvain, Vagad, Vachati, Sheva, Menashe. Now putting all together, right? All of these. The uh, Pasuk tells us that there was a battle that happened. Right? Ruben got in half of Menashe. Min b'nei chayel anashim no say magin v'cherev. They held uh, defensive uh, weapons like a magin or an offensive weapon like a cherev. V'darachei keshes lumudei v'chama arboam v'arba ela 44,760. So when they went in, after the 14 years, they, they, had to, uh, they dealt with the descendants of Hagar. Hashem gave them over. And they were victorious. Why were they victorious? Because they dove into Hashem in Milchama. That's a good phrase. Hashem listened to them because they had bitachon in Him. They didn't just have bitachon in their armies. Hashem listened to them 
because and answer them because they had bitachon in him. Sometimes bitachon is the most powerful, the most powerful tool. The Rachaim Hakadosh and Parshas B'Shalach tells us by um, Kriyas Yamsuf, Hashem wanted to do nisim for Klal Yisrael, but he couldn't, so to speak. Right? B'nai Yisrael say, start davening at Kriyas Yamsuf. And what does Hashem say? Ma titzak elai. Why are you davening to me? Why are you crying to me? And ask the Yerachayim HaKadosh, well, what else does a Jew do at a time of Tsaris? We daven and we cry. So what does that mean? Ma titzak elai. So explains the Yerachayim HaKadosh, based on a medrash, that at that moment Yisrael were shruyim bedin. Ma elu af elu. V'davar yadua. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I want to do something for you, but I can't. Because midas adin is mekatrek. Ki ein adover tali biyadi says Hashem kaviyachol hagam shani chafitz asosnes kibon shem einam ruuyim midas hadin monas vein koach berachamim kenegan midas hadin amonas I can't what's going to overpower Dabriel bnei Yisrael the sau go into the water zosa eitzah hayutza lahagbir tzadachesed berachamim daber v'yisatzmu beemuna becholibam v'yisu elayam kodem sheichalik al smacha bitachon go into the yam before it split, splits. With the bitachon, ki ani aselam nes, and I'll do a nes for them. Ubem so azet eskaberachemim. Sometimes the Rachaim Hakadosh says even tefillah is not strong enough. We need the emuna. We need the strength of spirit and connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu that He's going to do nisim for us. And the Rambam says that. The Rambam says that in a much quoted Rambam in the context of Milchama. The Rambam says in Perek Zayin Alachat Hazvav in Hilchos Malachim when a soldier goes out to battle, he has to focus on. Who he's fighting for? He should lean on the hope of Israel, Hashem. Umoshio who will save him at a time of sorrows. Viyeda shall yichud Hashem uosem He should know that he's fighting for God. and he should put it all out. Lo As Rav Cook explains this Rambam, it becomes a klolius dika situation. He's not a prat anymore. There's a klal here. And when we connect to that, we connect to Hashem and the klal, so that's what gives us victory. That's what this Pasuk says. Hashem listened to them because they had strong bitachan in Hashem. Avigal says to David HaMelech, be connected to Hashem. And that's what happened. They were victorious in battle. They took spoils. Um, and it lists off the numbers of, uh, of soldiers. Because as the Mitzvah David says, it was really Rabim Biyan Miatim. It says how many soldiers Reuven, Gad, and Menashe had. And it says how many soldiers the, uh, the enemy had. They David, for sure. Za'akuba milchama. But it's Tfila and Emunah. Tfila and Amuna are both needed. Right? This is definitely a Tfila based Sarah. So even the Ramban would agree. We know the Machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban, whether davening is a mitzvah daraisa every single day or not. The Rambam says there's a mitzvah daraisa to daven to Hashem every single day. Right? Mitzvah number five in the Rambam's count, daven every day. There's a mitzvah, all the details of the mitzvah, what we say and when we daven and how we daven, that's all the Rabbanan. But the, the concept of turning to Hashem every single day is a din da'araisa. It's a mitzvah da'araisa. And the Ramban says, no, it's definitely an idea that you should do, and you can't be a complete Jew without it, but it's not counted as one of the 613. But tefillah-based sarah, that's counted as one of the 613, based on the passing in Baloscha. But And that's what's going on here. So this, za'akul milchama, that the 
B'nai Ruben Gad and Menashe did at this time, it was definitely a Kiyam Tefillah, according to all Rishonim. Even according to the Ramban, it was a Kiyam of one of the 613. Rav Salvechik, if you remember, has the idea that maybe even the Ramam agrees that the only time that Tefillah is Da'araisa is at a time of Tzara. His Chiddush is that life is an Eitzara. Life is an Eitzara. You don't have to actually be B'tzara, but life itself is an Eitzara. So that is all Ruben and Gad. Then, Ubenei Chatzis Yivim Menashe. So now you get the Bazach of Gimel. The, and now, Chatzis Yivim Menashe. The Ramban points out in Bamidbar that Menashe didn't come originally. It was just Reuben and Gad, if you look at Parshas Matos. So where did Menashe come from? So the Ramban says, when they went back, they realized that there wasn't going to be enough room in Eretz Yisrael proper, and they needed another Shevet to join, or half a Shevet, to join Reuben and Gad. So... Moshe volunteered them. This is in Bamidbar Lamid Beis Lamagimel. They they had so much space. They asked somebody who wants to come and join us. And maybe only some of the Anshi Mikna amongst them, uh, and they came to fill in the other half. So Ubenei Chati Sheve Menashe Yashub Eretz Mibashan at Bal Chermon Usenir Vahar Chermon Hema Ravu and the the Chermon right there were there were there were many and they filled up all of these places. Vayimalu the Pasuk Chafei says they did not last in their Avodas Hashem. They were distant from the Beis Hamikdash. They were distant from Yerushalayim, and it affected them. They were Moel, they rebelled. They, they followed the gods of the people that Hashem already had, had um, conquered them. Later on in history, the Asher came and exiled them. They were all exiled. By the end, they were brought to Lach Luchav or Vahara Ad Hayom Hazeh. What's Ad Hayom Hazeh? The Radak says they didn't even come back during Shivat Sion. When Nebuchadnezzar, after the, uh, the um, Chorban, and they went back during Bayesheni, these, these Shvatim didn't come back. And that's what it means, even Ad Hayom Hazeh. So these are all the Ever Hayardin Shvatim. So now we start Levi. We start Levi. B'nai Levi, Gershon, Kahas, Umarari. We know the three children of Levi. Ubenei Kahas, Amram, Yitzar, Chevron, Vuziel. And then we get into B'nai Amram, because that's the unique line. doesn't go in age order. Aaron Umoshe, Umiriam, B'nai Aaron Adavanaviu, Elazar Samar, the names, Elazar Pinchas, and then we have many Kohanim listed in the pair. Amram is a unique figure. We know Amram was one of the four people that never sinned. The Gemara says in uh, Shabbos and Baba Basra, uh, the Rambam also has a line where the Rambam says that Amram was given mitzvos. Right? The Rambam, the, uh, Rambam in Hilchas Malachim uh, tells us in Perek Tes Halacha Aleph, the Ramam says the history of mitzvos: six mitzvos given to Adam, one more given to Noach. Um, then uh, Avraham got Mila and he davened Shachris. Yitzchak did Meiser and he davened Mincha. Yaakov did Anasha, the Hispal and he davened Meirev. Ubi Mitzrayim, Nitztave Amram, but mitzvos Yiseros. Amram got more. Until Moshe finished it. Which mitzvahs did Amram get? We don't know. We don't know. Does it mean Kedushin and Gerushin? Like Maran Sotah describes how they got married? Unclear. The Meshachachma says we don't know, but there's at least a remez to this. At least a remez to this. Because if you look in the beginning of Shmos, the uh, Pasuk says, 
beginning of Parshish Rose, Elokei Avicha, Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yisrael, Elokei Yaakov. What do you mean, Elokei Avicha? Talking to Moshe, your father. So the Meshachachma says, God's name is only connected to mitzvahs. So this is a remez to where maybe the Ramam got it from. I don't know what those mitzvahs are, but that is what the uh, suggestion uh, suggestion is. And Miriam, obviously, there's a lot to say about uh, Miriam and her optimism and her leading of the uh, of the women. Many times in history, it was the Nashim Sitkanios, the Gemara and Sota, and they didn't give towards the Egel. Uh, and then we have a whole list of Kohanim in the rest of the Perak. Some say, the question is, they don't, the Radak notes that it's hard to say that these were all Kohanim Gedolim, because there are some Kohanim Gedolim that are famous in Tanakh that aren't on this list. So what exactly uh, is it? Were they one line of Kohanim Gedolim, uh, Kohanim that went uh, just Kohanim, one line to get to the Kohanim Gedolim that were later on, and by Ishbayis Rishon, Either way, it has a whole list here. There is one in Pasuk Lamed it says, one Kohen, uh, Azariah, hu asher kiin babayis or Shabbana Shlomo. He was the Kohen in the base of Migdash. So the Radak wonders, when he, he was the Kohen. He wasn't the first Kohen, that was Sadok. And he was the, uh, he was the last Kohen? No. So maybe it means that he just had a long life. He was, he was born at the beginning, and then he continued, right? Maybe he stood up to Uziah, who wanted to be mocked to the Ktores. That's why he was the Kohen. He was the Gavra. He was a Kohen. Unclear. The Meshachachma, the, in the end of Ben Midbar, has another suggestion that he was the one that was a Kohen Sadik that they used the Urmetumim in his day. Because if you find throughout Tanakh, Urmetumim is only used by the kings before the Beis HaMikdash. Once we have a Beis HaMikdash, we don't use the Urmetumim. Very strange, the Meshachachma points out. But maybe during his day, he was such a Sadik, they used the Urmetumim. Either way, this is a list of all the many of the Kohanim, all the way until the time that it says they were exiled by Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, this takes us yeah. through Parakeh, and some of Sheva Levi will continue Sheva Levi in the next Parakeh.